3: Para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCIU US LLC.
2: Feeling so, what are we doing today?
4: MTN. Hello, good afternoon and welcome to the Midday News. We're live on Joy, 99.7 FM here in Accra. and Kumasi. We are on Love, 99.5 FM affiliates across Ghana's 16 regions. We are on Volta Premier in Ho, KTU Radio in Koforidia, Ganga FM in Jirapa, Radio YY and Loloño FM in Hohoi. We are on Twitter Spaces, we are on Facebook, we are on MyJoyOnline.com. The Midday News is sponsored by DuraPlus Ghana Limited, producers of quality PVC pipes and water tank. Where DuraPlus goes, water flows. This afternoon as the clock ticks towards the expiration of Final deadline day for government to pay 30% of debt owed IPPs or risk shutdown. Energy analyst warns of possible legal action if the IPPs go ahead with a plant shutdown.
5: If they want to shut down their power tomorrow, today they have to call on that guarantee. If they don't call on that guarantee, it means they're not going to shut down tomorrow. If they shut down their plant, government can sue them.
4: Also, minority in parliament says Ghana is on the brink of a massive doom, so never seen before in the country as it pleads with the IPPs to reconsider decision to shut down plants.
6: But even as we are pleading with them, we wish to call on government to demonstrate leadership, to show commitment. The finance minister, instead of dealing with the chamber of IPPs, is engaged in selective payments.
4: We'll get to hear government's efforts so far on this matter. United Nations Development Programme accuses three of the world's biggest credit rating agencies of bias against some African countries, including Ghana, resulting in revenue losses of over $74 billion.
7: And if you did that, many African countries will not end up in the junk basket, you know, and that that will help also increase investments.
4: We'll get to hear exclusively from the UNDP on its latest survey findings as government continues to argue that without the bias, Ghana may not have gone for a $3 billion bailout from the IMF. Ghana Bar Association takes on one of the leaders on the, on the minority side, accusing him of hiding behind parliamentary immunity to make irresponsible comments against former Chief Justice Christian It is totally unacceptable
8: for a member of the leadership of the minority in power hiding ostensibly under the protection of parliamentary immunity granted by the 1992 constitution. Such a statement was unfortunate and grossly
4: irresponsible. We have details as the association joins the judiciary to mark 41 years since the three high court judges were brutally murdered. We have sports.
9: It is make or break season for Ghana's black meteors with the long dream of an Olympic return leaning on a must-win game versus Guinea.
4: And much later, 154 billion vehicles outfitted with ballistic armor in operation for banks in response to a Bank of Ghana instruction to be for protection for police officers.
10: So most of them have clearances from the Ministry of Interior and their ballistic material has also been tested by the police. So once we are able to confirm that they have gone through that level of certifications, then we go ahead to deal with them.
4: We have all that and more here on the Midday News. I am MFA Apaud. This is your home of independent, fearless and credible journalism. Please do stay on for details. Many thanks for your company. We're digging now, and in 12 hours, the independent power producers may shut down their plans if government fails to reach an agreement with the independent power producers. The the Chamber of Independent uh, Power Producers has in a memo directed its members to shut down their plans from July 1 to July 8 if government fails to pay 30% of the $1.73 billion owed them. But speaking on the AM show on the Joy News Channel, energy analyst Kujopoku says the plan shut down will be a violation of the contract agreement between government and the IPPs, which could pose serious legal implications for them.
5: Look, let's put this thing in, con- in, in perspective. It is the chamber that is threatening, not the individual IPPs. The chamber, yes, the IPPs belong to the chamber. But I don't think all the IPPs are going to shut down their plants because of the legal implication of the PPAs and they hold. There is a, what is called a power purchase agreement. For you to basically shut down your supply and not supply anything to government, there is a process that you need to follow. One, there is a guarantee that you have. If you feel that you are indebted, you can call on that guarantee. When you call on that guarantee, within 30 days, government has to replenish the guarantee. If government doesn't replace the guarantee, the PPA is terminated. Does the IPPs want to terminate the IPPA? I don't think so. Some IPPs are in agreement with the solution that was preferred. Today, there's going to be a meeting. I honestly don't think that tomorrow or Monday we are going to have a total shutdown of our grid. It's not going to happen because there are laws and processes. If they want to shut down their power tomorrow, today they have to call on that guarantee. If they don't call on that guarantee, it means they're not going to shut down tomorrow. If they shut down their plant, government can sue them because they have an agreement and obligation to Ghana.
4: But Research Policy and Programs Officer of the Institute of Energy Security, Adam Yakubu, says although government can take steps to prevent the IPPs from shutting down, illegal action will not be in the interest of the government.
11: Yeah, so take legal implication against not being able to meet your IMF targets if you should have a power crisis in the country. So the problem goes beyond legal battles and what have what not. Because at the end of the day, the economy needs to be running so that government can get whatever money they need from the different actors of the economy to be able to what meet some of its commitments with the imf so even that conversation of legal options available to government government what then happens if you terminate those agreements through legal options and all that then the country comes to its knees <laughs> um, so this idea of government has a position to argue on let's not even get there because it's not an overnight decision, the IPPs too. It was a series of periods, they kept moving, they kept moving, then they gave 30th June as the deadline. Even I, if I'm not mistaken, three weeks away, we had this conversation. And by then, government hadn't even engaged the IPPs.
4: Well, as the back and forth continues, the clock is not stopping. and We are learning uh, from the various quarters the number of uh, things happening. My colleague James Saveggi has been following this for us on the energy desk and joins me in studio. Uh, so, James, what so far are we learning as the clock continues to tick? Well, Mafa,
12: what we are learning is that as we speak, the ECG, uh, which is supposed to lead the negotiation all this while, is currently in a crunch meeting with all the IPPs and this meeting is expected to end in a few hours. Now, the conclusion of the meeting will determine whether the IPPs will suspend their intended shutdown or not. Now, what we are also uh, picking up is that uh, some of the IPPs have accepted some amount of payment from government in that earlier individual engagement. What is not clear is exactly how much they have received from government. What this means is that even if the plan shutdown should happen Not all these IPPs will comply with that. Uh, But we know that there is another meeting happening between the IPP themselves at 5 p.m. And so the conclusion of after that, they will come out with an official decision on whether they will go ahead to shut down their plants or not. Mm. But even if that happens not all of them would obey that directive.
4: Okay, but you know this, um, our sources within the Electricity Company of Ghana maintains that um, the plants will not be shut down, there will be no doom. So the current energy or power that we enjoy will remain even uh, in spite of the threats uh, from the IPPs. And this is something that we've been watching for you um, since it all began. Well, the minorities also have been wading into this all through. And now they are sending out a passionate appeal to uh, the IPPs and asking that um, they should... Uh, we consider their decision and give government some time. Uh, Minority spokesperson on energy John Ginapol has been speaking to journalists.
6: These IPPs constitute about 70% to be specific, 67% of thermal power produced in Ghana. When it comes to total power generated in Ghana, the IPPs alone constitute about half of the total power produced in Ghana. So a shutdown of their plants would mean that this country would experience massive load shedding, massive blackouts, massive doom so that has not been experienced before. When 50% of the total power produced is taken out, your guess is as good as mine. I have spoken to former President Mahama and he has indicated that on his behalf I should make a passionate and humbling appeal to these independent power producers that for the sake of this country is making a passionate appeal to them to reconsider their decision towards shutting their plans on the 1st of July. That is the deadline they've given to government. And so I want to make a passionate appeal and plead with the independent power producers to give government and the nation some more
4: time. Well, they also accuse the finance minister, Ken Ofereto, of engaging in selective payment of some IPPs, a situation, he says, worsening the current challenge.
6: But even as we are pleading with them, we wish to call on government, to demonstrate leadership, to show commitment. And I think that the approach being adopted by the finance minister will not resolve the issue. The finance minister, instead of dealing with the chamber of IPPs, is engaged in selective payments, discriminatory payments, selecting some preferred IPPs, paying them, and leaving others to their own fate. We want to call on the finance ministry and government, and particularly the president, to intervene urgently in this matter and ensure that we find an amicable solution. The debt as we speak now is about $1.7 billion. And it keeps compounding. ECG's losses today is over.
4: Well, that's uh, the minority spokesperson on energy, John Jinapode. Let me bring in Parliamentary Affairs Correspondent Kwikwa Sante, um, monitoring all that for us. So Koo, um, the Mines and Energy Committee have since met the IPPs. Has there been any resolution and have they heeded the plea of the minority?
13: Indeed, it appears the IPPs did not listen to the Mines and Energy Committee and their plea to suspend this threat to shut down their plants. And that is why they are issuing out this appeal. According to the IPPs, and What we've been able to learn happening in that meeting, they are making a lot of losses. They need a lot of money to be able to power those plants. And without government paying upfront some huge amounts of these debts, they will not be able to operate, for which reason they are making this threat. There's also the suggestion that the IPPs will not really shut down their plants, but this threat is only to push government to make some substantial amount of the 1.7 billion. That is all the IPPs.
4: Okay. Well, away from the issues about the IPPs and energy, are we still expecting James Jachikweson to be sworn in today?
13: I mean, that was the expectation this morning. Indeed, if you look at the other paper, there are oaths. There is an indication that Jachikweson would have been sworn in because it appears on the other paper. But that information, per check from the Speaker's office, is that that is not going to happen. The Speaker himself is not around today. We understand he has travelled. And will be back over the weekend and so now the official information we are getting is that the question can now finally be sworn in next week tuesday when parliament sits, but not today despite the other paper making provisions for that
4: that's our parliamentary affairs correspondent, Kwikwa Sante. Thank you very much. Now, let's turn our attention to other stories. And the United Nations Development Programme, UNDP, is raising flags over what they describe as bias on the part of three of the world's biggest credit rating agencies against some African countries, including Ghana. In its latest report on the lowering the cost of borrowing in Africa, the UNDP says the continued downgrade of Ghana's economy is based on less subjective assessments and is costing the state. Another African country, some 74 billion dollars. Now, with this amount of money saved, it is more likely that Ghana may not have signed up for a three billion dollar bailout from the IMF. Foreign Affairs Correspondent Blazer Tsuga, has an exclusive re- interview uh, with Ahuna Eziaconwa, the Regional Director of the United Nations Development Programme (UNDP), uh, who shed some more light on the report. Blazer joins me in studio. So, Blazer, uh, first, which rating agencies have been cited, and why is the UNDP accusing them of bias? Well,
14: so MFR, the agencies uh, cited include Moody's. We also have Fitch uh, Ratings, as well as the Standards and Poor Global Ratings Agency, which are all being criticized for uh, operating more or less uh, an oligopoly where you have a few. Companies uh, exerting significant control over the capital or financial market. Uh, we know that credit ratings agencies, as the report is indicating, have
4: a significant it's been, uh, shut out of the international markets because of uh, his alleged bias, uh, which has been the reason for this. Uh,
14: th- th- that's right, and, I, and you recall that uh, this started somewhere last year when the President attended the United Nations General Assembly. Uh, he began what many described as a campaign against uh, what he terms as bias on the part of the uh, credit ratings agencies. Just last week, the President reinforced that argument at the Afri-Exam annual meetings, with this time around a very harsh tone uh, for these credit rating agencies. And uh, he indicated there uh, that they appear to be reckless, that, that was his word, in, in the recent downgrades that they're handing over to countries such as Ghana.
13: And I can comfortably and convincingly say this. As the AU champion for African financial institutions, the leader of a country which recently had to deal with one of the most difficult periods in its post-independent history. Difficulties which were exacerbated by the reckless behavior of rating agencies that engaged...
4: But, blessed, we all know that empirically Ghana is not in a good economic position. You've been finding out from the
1: UNDP. Are they saying that they should no warrant a downgrade? <laughs> well. I-
14: not entirely the focus is that the credit rating agencies uh, sort of like home buyers as they're calling it, mm-hmm. favoring a certain uh, you know culture and group of economies should change and they also want the pro cyclical ratings uh, for uh, the african countries tagging them as water and all of that to change okay. and they believe it must be addressed they are also urging uh, these credit rating agencies to do away with discretionary power and to develop a publicly documented methodology so that everybody knows how they arrive at the ratings that they do. So I caught up with the um, regional director for the United Nations Development Program in Africa, Homa Izekoa, on the sidelines of the afri meetings, and she explains further why they went into this research and what the impact has been for Africa.
7: We have to look at, and we've been looking at it at UNDP, for instance. We just did a study on uh, the cost of borrowing right. and the credit rating uh, bias that puts African countries at a disadvantage. Uh, if we can deal with that, you save 75 billion dollars wow. uh, a year for just 16 countries that we surveyed.
14: Are you saying this is becoming a reality? Because our president raised that during the Africa meetings, where uh, there's this continental push for our own standards and ratings is that the solution to the problem
7: that's part of the solution I mean you will always have uh, to um, participate in the international rating agencies because they you know they have a yeah, because standard we can't do without them exactly yeah. but but I think that you can influence how they rate Africa and it comes back to the perceptions uh, a lot of it is really perceptions. I mean, there are facts and there's a reality that you have insecurity in some cases and you have foreign exchange volatility in other cases. Yeah, don't don't get me wrong. There are reasons uh, why all of these ratings are as bad as they are in some cases. But, you know, it's not taking into account all the data and it's also not always objective. Some of it is subjective. We know that there is, you know, this, country Ghana is surrounded by uh, countries that are in violent extremism situations. So it must be risky, you know, to invest in Ghana.
4: Ahuna Isiakawa is the Regional Director of the United Nations Development Programme, UNDP, and the full conversation airs later on foreign affairs with Blessed Suga on the Joy News Channel at 10pm this evening. Also on all our social media platforms, you can catch excerpts of it also on myjoyonline.com. Now, the Ghanaba Association is this afternoon going all out, taking on politicians and individuals who make unjustifiable comments that attack judges rather than criticise their judgement. The association makes specific reference to a recent comment made by one of the leaders of the minority caucus. Listening to Chief Whip Governor questioning the tenure of former Chief Justice Quislinginyabwa during Parliament's approval of Justice Getru Tokono, uh, we'll get to here uh, from the president of the association shortly. But first, listen to Mr. Aguja. I, I want to conclude and ask colleagues to support.
6: the uh, the approval of uh, Justice Tokonu simply because I think she's got what it takes to be a Supreme Court judge. And I am hopeful, Mr. Speaker, that she will be a better Chief Justice than the person she's taking over from. Why do I say this, Mr. Speaker? Under the reign of the outgoing Chief Justice, the level of miscarriage of justice in this country reached a crescendo and must never be repeated. And the, the former Chief Justice, must know when she goes, he
8: goes home. This miscarriage of justice rests on his
4: chest. Well, the Ghana Bar Association President Yao Echampo mm-hmm. Mboafu says it is irresponsible for one um, to hide behind parliamentary immunity to make such comments. He's been speaking at a ceremony to mark 41 years since three high court judges were brutally murdered.
8: Hiding behind political interests to only ridicule and politicised documents but not from the angle of legal scholarly and constitutional appraisal of their decisions unfairly and inappropriately lowers the dignity of our courts and and hurt the rule of law. That is why it is totally unacceptable for a member of the leadership of the minority in parliament hiding ostensibly under the protection of parliamentary immunity granted by the 1993 constitution in supporting a motion solely to unanimously approve the nomination of the current chief justice to launch an oriental attack on the person of the immediate chief justice, describing such a colossus of a Jewish in derogatory terms, to wait under the reign of the Akhoyi chief justice. The level of miscarriage in this country reached a crescendo and must never be it.
4: Well, Legal Affairs Correspondent Joseph Akable has just returned from this year's Marches Day event and joins me in studio. So, Joseph, how does the association expect to want to draw a fine line between criticism and personal attacks?
15: So, the president makes the point that the judgments that are rendered by judges are judgments of the court. And so, if you have concerns, you should be grounded in law or on some scholarly persuasion that you are putting across and not simply because you have a political disagreement because the judgment goes against the party or the side that you support in a dispute. He however makes the point that judges are not above criticism and must also live above reproach.
8: At the other end of the spectrum, the GBA respectfully wishes to remind our parties at all the court levels that they, like Caesar's work, must be above suspicion or reproach. Inasmuch as the GBA will continue to advocate for and defend the dignity, integrity, and independence of the judiciary, we are our parties to endeavor to pursue all acts of impropriety, biases, improper influences, but with the fidelity to the judicial proof of doing justice to all manner of persons without fear or favor or affection or ill will. The GBA calls on Ghanaians to strive to be more resolute and fearless and vocal in defending the rule of law.
4: That's the Ghanaba Association President Yao Boafu there. Now, uh, the NPP has just announced a team to vet its presidential aspirants... ...which is supposed to happen in the first week of July. My colleague Elton Brobe is on the political desk here. He joins me in studio with more on what we are learning from this committee. Who and who are on this committee?
15: So, this statement signed by the General Secretary of the party... ...names Right Reverend Honourable Professor Mike Aaron Okwe... ...former Speaker of Parliament as Chairperson of the Vetting Committee... The other members are the Minister for Roads and and Highways, Kwisi Amwakwata, Mr. Steven Abankwa Secretary, Honorable Osebuns to Amwa Minister of State at the Local Government Ministry, Lord Oblite Kome, the Director of Operations at the Jubilee House, Lawyer Frank Davis, Madam Reta Asubari, Honorable Hackman Ouswajimam, and Madam Adelaide Arwen. The statement also says that Honorable Obi Amwa will also act as spokesperson for the Vetting Committee. Now, there's general secretary of the party expects them to be free, fair, and transparent in the vetting process, which is scheduled to start in, in on the 4th of July.
4: Okay, and there's something we are watching out for, and that's yeah. how we take a quick break here on the Midday News here on Joy 99.7 FM, also on a number of affiliates across Ghana's 16 regions, we are on Twitter Spaces, we are on Facebook, we are on MyJoy and the Midday News is sponsored by Dura Plus Ghana Limited, producers of quality PVC pipes and water tank, where Duraplas goes, water flows. We've been focusing on the IPPs as the clock ticks towards the expiration of final deadline day for government to pay 30% of debt owed them. We've been hearing from the minority on that passionate plea to the IPP to reconsider decision to shut down the plans from tomorrow due to government's indebtedness. When we return from the break, I'll bring you sports and then 154 billion vehicles have been outfitted with ballistic armor and it is an operation in accordance with the Bank of Ghana's instruction to be for protection for police officers and occupants of the billionaire Vehicles,
10: so most of them have clearances from the Ministry of Interior, and their ballistic material has also been tested by the police. So, once we are able to confirm that they have gone through that level of certifications, then we go ahead to deal with them.
6: Imagine, say, water wake up at dawn in all both in no chop where it vanished for your area for two weeks, uh-huh. you not get one drop safe inside your tank. Our life was in dangerous. Only our neighbor gets water with water tank. Water, water tank. Yes, water tank. Mama mia, that water tank gets meter for checking water level. That water tank be fine past masses and That water tank be tough like Ghana army. That water tank they carry water pepe pe, pe, So there's some logo left inside the supply tank. What a tank! That's my boss, who, Mr. Foncho go talk.
13: Beautiful. <laughs>
2: Durable with water level
13: indicator and accurate volume of water. What a tank! What a tank! By Duraplast. Have you
3: noticed that Ghana has suffered lack of attendance at stadia across the country in recent years? Well, the multimedia group wants to be part of the solution, which is why we're calling on you, our dear listener, to help us. Our sister station in Shira FM in Kumasi has been on a nationwide campaign to identify factors influencing poor patronage of Ghana Premier League matches. This campaign has been widely discussed on traditional and social media since the beginning of the year, and after widespread stakeholder engagement, we have a list of questions in a survey that will help us come out with a communicate based on science and data and we need you to assist by completing this survey the link to the survey is bit.ly forward slash fill gpl questionnaire once again bit.ly forward slash fill gpl questionnaire please help insura fm and the multimedia group complete the survey in order to have a scientific response to this national problem
4: Thanks for staying with us. Let's do sports.
9: While Ghana's black meteors gear up to face Guinea at 8pm tonight in their final group game of the U23 AFCON, Ghanaians have failed to make peace with their 5-1 trouncing at the hands of host Morocco. That result left the meteors in third and with a must-win game tonight against second place Guinea, who only need a draw to keep their Olympic 2024 qualification hopes alive. And Ghana's dream of returning after 19 years looks even distant. And that's why Deputy Minister for Sports, Ivan Opoku-Bobie, wants Ghanaians to lick their wounds even faster. This U-20, our
8: last participation was 2004. And since then, we have not been able to qualify. So everybody was hoping that this tournament in uh, Rabat, Morocco, will go well for the country. So we won our first game against Congo, And then the second game with Morocco was a disaster. But I want to appeal to every Guinean to put Morocco match behind because we had an engagement with the players and they have put the match behind them. And they are preparing against Guinea in our last match. If we beat them, we qualify for the next stage. So this is what I want every Guinean also to focus on
9: more sports on my journal online forward slash sports even more on radio from one fifteen 15 p.m. I love your shoes.
4: Thank you very much Michelle. Now i billion operators Ghana says 154 billion trucks outfitted with ballistic armor already for operation for banks and other financial institutions. We know the directive was triggered by a surge in armed robbery cases and killing of a police officer recently. In a recent letter dated June 23, the BOG cautioned bank MDs to immediately begin using the advance we can hear from president of the Amot billion operators alaji edi Sumaila.
10: we have also complied the result of uh, this unfolding rubber attacks on of uh, transit vehicles and um, the criteria for the vehicles are that the ballistic level is six for the passenger side and before uh, for the back and that is what we have done as i speak to you i can confidently say that we have about about 154 vehicles have been secured so far for usage by various companies uh, in the country. We are now working together with the banks, trying to finalise arrangements to secure funding to be able to bring uh, rest of our needs. The industry itself will need about 300 vehicles for now. That is the rough estimate we have had. Now, in the week of the deployment, we are waiting till around the 5th of July.
4: Now, barely a year after a residential toilet sank into a galamsey pit, killing a woman, another house has sunk into underground tunnels created by illegal miners at Odumase in the Chim Central Municipality of the Ashanti region. Love FMC Sirastos Sasari Donko has more. It's been
15: close to a year since 26-year-old Gifty Manka's toilet sank with her into an illegal mining pit dug beneath her house at Odumase but the practice of deep-pit mining in homes at Odumase has not stopped. Part of this residential facility, a few meters from where Gifty died, sank on Sunday. I will describe the Odumase township as a sinking time bomb ready to explode. Now this gaping hole you see here leads underground to underground pits dug by illegal miners all across this area. Now, on Sunday, this building, which is inhabited by people, at a moment sunk to the...
0: Tax day is coming. Oh, no.